You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The 55th Super Bowl is this weekend, 55 and a game this big deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of Super Bowl 55, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. How's that for big? Your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have one of the most predictions correct, you can win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who'll score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, eligibility, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and Andy and I are back with Season 2, Episode 16, as the Rangers once again fall to the Pittsburgh Penguins in overtime, and then breaking news of the day, Tony D'Angelo, defenseman for the New York Rangers, has been placed on waivers, and it seems that the New York Ranger losing culture continues its snowball effect as... You know, we face many issues with this organization, with this team. Uh, We lack an identity. We lack leadership. And Andy, how are you doing? And uh, what do you make of all this? Well, of course, everything happens when I'm out doing errands. I I saw Vince was, uh, when I had heard what happened, I saw Vince was moving today because he's usually my go-to beat writer for information. Um, Yeah, it's a lot to make out. There's a lot of rumors flying around about it. the only thing we can glean, I think, based off, and obviously Quinn's not going to be forthright about the particulars. They're going to keep try to keep things in-house as much as possible. The only thing we can glean about as far as the Tony situation goes is that uh, he, Quinn said it wasn't just one thing. Uh, I mean, we knew the Rangers were trying to trade him over the summer. And despite his offensive prowess, I think a combination of, uh, you know, he is a bit, Tony can be a bit of a, defensive liability but again you know jack johnson is on this team so it's not necessarily that uh and yeah listen he's in the past tony has had his uh issues with quinn i think he's had his issues behind the scenes with uh the organization and i think it's clear they just haven't felt that he matched up to uh what they're trying to do in their culture so um they've been trying to move him couldn't find any biters and now whatever if if what we believe or are hearing is rumored to be true if something either an altercation, whether it be physical or not, or just verbal. It was clearly the final straw for the organization. And it'll be really fascinating to see if, because if he doesn't get picked up on waivers, I mean, that's pretty damning. He's a 60-point uh, produce defenseman last year, right? You know, it, I think it was good for like fifth in the league. 
and he's clearly a talented offensively, but listen, I mean, it's, I think if it was enough for the Rangers to finally say, we can't like, this is not, this is going to be detriment hurt us moving forward, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really, I am obviously curious to see what information comes out in the next 24 hours to get confirmation, because you have to think that it would take something pretty severe for it to get to this point. And uh, we know last night in OT, D'Angelo and Georgiev had that miscue behind the net where he was trying to get to it, and Georgiev moves the puck so he doesn't get the chance to uh, get to it. And then obviously Crosby puts it through uh <laughs> through a little screen where D'Angelo's kind of partially screens Gurgiev and it goes through his five hole, you know? So yeah, I mean, I don't want to go based off just blind speculation, but at the same time, it's just, you just, I think it enough was enough for this organization. And they said, it's not at this point, it's not worth it. Um, but yeah, other than that, as far as your other comment, yeah, the Rangers, I mean, I think it just kind of goes to show that they've, that you can say, we want to let things emerge all we want. But you do wonder if a part if them not just trying to instill more structures of leadership in this team and saying, oh, we're going to do it by committee. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen much evidence of that. Right. It gets to this point and it's just everyone just kind of shrugs and says, well, you know, because, you know, if there was someone else in that locker room, there'd be more much more to this story. And either they would have handled it if it was, you know, a Mark Messier type or or maybe it would have never gotten to this point. But uh, yeah, it's just it's obviously it's a whole big mess right now. And every the New York Rangers seem to be out of sorts. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, a lot of the people, I would say about 50% of, you know, hockey Twitter and 50% of Ranger fans and, and, and 50% of, uh, you know, uh, just followers of this game, you know, probably they want to associate it with, you know, Tony's political affiliation, you know, his, you know, brash, you know, comments on Twitter and and his past and stuff like that. But to say that, you know, that was the reason why the New York Rangers have cut him is kind of that doesn't really make sense. I mean, the Rangers knew who Tony D'Angelo was in the summer. They knew who he was last year. They knew who he was when he first came over uh, to this organization. So I, I honestly don't think that's it. I, you know, I think you got to look at, you know, the bigger picture here and bigger personalities on losing teams that have a losing culture tend to get moved pretty quickly. I mean, I could say the same thing for, for, you know, I think the biggest personality in the NHL is PK Subban. And, you know, he was moved uh, multiple times uh, for teams that, you know, didn't exactly get the job done in terms of the, the winning column. So, um, you know, I just think that um, big personalities on losing teams don't usually mesh well, uh, especially a kid, you know, like Tony, who gets fired up when he uh, does bad. He gets fired up, you know, when he loses. And, um, you know, that rubs people the wrong way. And, you know, if if the New York Rangers think that, you know, putting Tony D'Angelo on waivers is going to solve any problem right now, uh, they're completely wrong. Uh you know, it might be a start to address a problem in the locker room. But again, we spoke about this last podcast, Andy, like who's the leader in the locker room? And there's no more Lundquist. So, uh, and I really don't believe in any single person. Uh, I saw rumors that uh, Georgie hit him after the game or uh, Kreider hit him after the game. I've seen multiple these reports and it's just like, where's the leadership? This is what we're lacking. Like, you know, Tony's off ice antics are not the reason he's off this team. It's it's because the Rangers itself don't have, a, you know, there's no leadership here. There's nothing. I mean, I I kind of do. View, I view. I should say the sole reason. I, 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 yeah, well, you're right. You're, listen, I think there's partially that. I do think that if there was more of, if there was someone in there making sure that his teammates were you know, coming correct at all moments or someone you respected. Yeah. It probably wouldn't have got to this point because yes, it, it, this isn't because of Tony D'Angelo's political uh, views. There's plenty of Rangers that share the same views as him. You know, you can maybe say not the views himself, but maybe just Tony as a person, you know, just how he conducts himself, you know, uh, uh, he's, yeah, he's outspoken. He's brash. Uh, he's, you know, the Rangers, he's already been, he was tra- traded uh, twice you know, drafted by the Lightning, traded to the Coyotes and traded to the Rangers. So, yeah, I mean, he is who he is. And like you said, the Rangers knew this going in. I just think this is a combination of, like you said, there's 
I just, for at least for the time, it, the kind of the microcosm of it is that, yeah, just, it was enough was enough. It's when it's one thing when you're putting up that many points, but he struggled to start the season. Uh, and if he, yeah, I guess they're, they're whatever happened behind closed doors. It just, it was kind of the final straw. And it just, if, like you said, if you're producing, it's, you know, you kind of find ways to make it work. But at the same time, I think to your point, it's that if I think if that, that locker room was more, it's, I don't think it's clearly as in lockstep. I think the Rangers are trying to have something emerge organically when at the same time, I just don't know. I think I, as much as you you can say all you want about Chris Kreider being nice to the young guys and, and or Mika being a, a quiet but lead by example type, but you know Mika's not producing right now. Uh, he said in a you know his comments today, he said you know he felt bad for Tony because Tony was his teammate. So, but at the same time, it's like if anything, I'd almost want him to come out and say if he was there and if the Rangers thought it was unacceptable, mm-hmm. I, and you're the leader, I would want you to say if or you want to be a leader, I would almost rather him say like listen, I, you know, I like Tony as a person, but like, and I'm not going to comment on it, but I'll just leave it at this is that, you know, we're a team and whatever, like you want to see some fire as opposed to like, Oh man, that's, you know, he's my buddy. I feel bad for him. But like, I don't know, man. It's just, I think, you know, we spoke on the last podcast about bringing in a guy like Brian Boyle or someone who is instantly just going to like our, our focus remains singular. This is what we have to do. No excuses. If you're going to lose, then you're going to, you're going to take your pound of flesh. Like the Rangers lack that. And they, they definitely need. Yeah. And this whole, like we're going to, it doesn't matter. We have voices in the room. Well, yeah, I don't really see it. Do you No, Cause I don't, I don't see it at all. Uh, Not at all. And you know, it's, it's, it's really telling from, especially from last year. And you know, I, I said it in the, the Slack chat with the THPN and I think I'm spot on with this. I think, I don't think I've ever been more right with this comment either. The, the, the attitude, the swagger, the, the the culture of this organization has not been the same since that bubble. And I don't know what the hell happened, but there's no reason why the New York Rangers are are playing the way they are, losing the way they are. Um, this is not a the Rangers are not a bottom bottom feeder team. I mean, you know, one game it's goaltending, the next game it's it's Jack Johnson, and you know, the next game it's our top six aren't producing. Then next game it's Coach Quinn. It's it's literally you literally cannot point fingers at any particular person. You can't point fingers at one particular area of the ice. It's it's something. It's it's I honestly think it's the whole culture of the organization. It's everything right now. Um. You know, ownership is not uh, a factor with the New York Rangers. For anyone who, you know, doesn't know, we're we're owned by uh, 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 James Dolan, who owns what Comcast Cable. So uh, he, I'm sorry, ca- what is it? Cable Vision? Sure. Yeah, C- Cable Vision, whatever. Yeah, Optima, uh, who, I don't, yeah. Who can keep the track? He's anymore, some billionaire yeah. that doesn't really care about the Rangers. So, yeah. um, you know, and you know, so it's not an it's not an ownership issue. This is something that has developed, I think, from you know the bubble. It's something happened there, whether it's you know just confidence. Um, you know, I, I really don't know. I really can't. You can't point you know point your finger at one particular thing. There, there's just right now, everything is working against us, that, except for K. Andre Miller. It is honestly that's how I feel. Well, to your point. Going back to the bubble, it's funny, I think, and I don't know if fans want to hear this, but with the with the erosion of Henrik Lundqvist's presence as this this as a slowly consciously uncoupled from him at the middle point of last season, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, there was no question who was the real captain on this team in the locker room. It was him. You know, he's been a big war- big ass warm blanket for this organization for a long time, and you know, you can say what you want about maybe his play down as he was winding things down here in New York, but he was the leader in that locker room. And there was just, now it's kind of, yeah, it's there's his specter looms large, man. Cause it's just, there is this whole idea that one of Kreider or Zabanajad or maybe Truba are, are going to instantly step up and take on that role. It's just, I don't think that's the case. I don't, nothing about those three guys' personalities has ever indicated to me that they would do that. And they would say, this guy's not here now. If anything, they're probably all saying like, well, we'll do it together. Like, Crides and I will be a good, what? No, like that's not, you know, how many stories are there about Zdeno Chara, like getting in guys' faces and 
the locker room and being a big presence in Boston. And then you have a guy like Patrice Bergeron who, you know, learned from that and gleaned from that and, you know, is a natural leader himself. Like you just there, I haven't seen a lot of the Rangers leadership putting it on themselves, maybe Kreider a little bit recently and he's performed way better as of late. So I, I have to give him that, but Mika is still a ghost and I still haven't seen anything from him saying like, I need to be better. Like it's, you, you can only say we need to stop doing this so much where it's repetitive. Like, you know, even if it's one of those things where you're just doing it to take the heat off the rest of your teammates, even if you don't even believe it. And I haven't seen anything of that from, from him or, you know, I just, it's clear they need, they need those structures already in place, especially if, you know, you want Lafreniere and Kako and the kid and Fox who are the kids who are eventually going to be lead this team. You know, you need them to, there has to be an example set and, whether it's someone making sure, you know, your you know, your defenseman's not trying to get into an altercation with your your goal your second goaltender or whatever, or just making sure, hey, like if we're losing or if things you know, stuff's going sideways or we're not getting the results we want, then we have to bear down even more and we don't start playing differently just because we're like worried about can we, you know, are we gonna wait waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know? So and they yeah, they clearly lack that. Yeah, man. And, and like, you know, it's, it's pretty damning right now. Like looking at, looking at the roster and just looking at the score sheet from last night and you, and you look at, um, you know, the guy that everyone points a finger to as the leader in the locker room, as the, the, you know, the potential future captain of the New York Ranger, everyone who, including myself said, you know, maybe he is ready to be the captain, um, just by, you know, the energy he brings to, uh, his game on the ice and, being the spark plug that the New York Rangers need some nights when they, uh, you know, play that lethargic game that we're so used to seeing so far this year. Uh, Mika Zibanejad, zero goals, zero assists, uh, you know, for zero points and a minus three. You know, that, that's not that's not that's not like leadership quality in a game where it's five, four and it's a tight match with the, you know, you know, with the Pittsburgh Penguins, a team that, you know, you're going to have to consistently beat if you want to, you know, talk about sniffing the playoffs. but. You know, that that's pretty Mika Zibanejad's performance so far this year has been pretty damning. And, you know, we can write it off on him, you know, having the coronavirus and he's still recovering. But there have other there have been other players that have had the coronavirus and, you know, have gotten back. It's not like every single player that's had Corona is like, you know, right now <laughs> putting up an offer like, you know, Mika has. So, man, I, I, don't, I don't know, because it's it's. I don't think that there's a single player on this roster right now where I'd be comfortable giving them the the captaincy. I mean, I I could say maybe Fox, maybe Fox right now. Uh, but other than that, I I really don't see a, a true leader on this team, and and I don't even see it behind the bench. I don't think Quinn is really the guy. I think someone I read one of the you know a, a Twitter comment that I thought was spot on. They're like. I don't know what it is, but I feel like ever since that, you know, that playoff bubble performance, Quinn has turned into a diva and that was, you know, spot on. I mean, he he's benching guys, uh, you know, if he doesn't like a penalty they took, uh, he's benching guys uh, because he doesn't like, you know, their your physical demeanor on the bench. Um, and he's playing guys because he thinks, you know, they're just a good character guy, which is which is fine. But, you know, there's got to be some substance to um, you know, your reasoning and there's got to be, you know, some consistency, you know, because right now, why explain to me why Mika Zibanejad is in this lineup or and hasn't been benched if it's clearly, you know, based off of uh, um, performance. Yeah. And I mean, you know, this whole thing, like, obviously, we've much of the Rangers fan base and us, we've opined the fact that there's concerns about Quinn being a college coach. And there's even been some discussion about whether or not he how good he was in that capacity at BU that it's these are professionals like at the same time it's that you know we saw and listen i don't want to act like that doesn't happen we saw av uh <laughs> bench what uh, travis connectney for the flyers they he hel- he healthy scratched him even though he's one of their better players because he was happy unhappy with the effort he was giving but yeah quinn it's just it's never it's very you know it's it hasn't it's never been a, a case usually where it's like oh it makes sense and then it's like you know sometimes sometimes it's just you can't 
you just can't. I don't know. Just he's a, he's a constantly a stick guy, and I don't think he's there's enough carrots to go around. Like, listen, th- these guys are professionals. They're motivated. They're not going to be perfect every night, and especially if they see one guy getting this treatment, or you're overtly fixated on someone for things like effort when some of your other teammates are running around and having stinkers. Yeah, that that breeds discontentment. And I mean, I do. I just think, yeah, I just think right now between not having enough leadership in the locker room and maybe just Quinn's style of coaching is very much not the, like, we're all professionals here. This is what it is. You know, I think there's times where as much as I get mad about Quinn's usage of the young guys, there's times where I almost wish there was a little bit more structure and it was more of like, you know what? I don't care. You know, you're, you're a rookie and yes, you need playing time, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. There's just sometimes just taking a guy and putting him on the top line. Cause like as much as I love what Blackwell has done and D Giuseppe and these guys, I love the effort, but just there's some times where it's just like, is that really what's best is putting them in the top, like in the top six. It's, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's not enough consistency. I don't think there's a clear message from him. I don't think the bucks st- stop from him as much as he likes to, you know, uh, be selective with his benchings and yeah who's in on his uh shit list for the week it's you know and like i said this whole thing with tony is just yeah i don't know it's just it should have never gotten to this point and listen i tipping my hat a little like i don't think obviously if it's if you're you know we have now i look see carpinello has confirmed that tony and Georgi have had an altercation in the tunnel and like if yeah listen if you're afraid it's going to affect the locker room yeah, I, you have you have to do what you have to do. I totally get it, but at the same time, it's just that it has like you, to your point is that since the bubble, I haven't the team doesn't, and I think even Maloney said it the other night that this team like he's like I don't know what type of team this is. Like, are they a heavy four check team? Are they a north south team? Are they an east to west team? They're clearly talented, and clearly they can make put pretty plays together to put them. And hell, they can even outpossess their their opponents on chances now, just based on the mat, uh, the natural skill they have. But they don't have an identity; they really don't. And I think, if unless they get one, then they're not going to succeed in any postseason. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And yeah, I just I don't care how offensively talented you are. That's not enough. <laughs> you need to have structure and identity, and they lack both right now. And I, maybe you know, maybe you know, the the uh, bubble was the final blow. Maybe maybe the exposure that the Carolina Hurricanes, um, you know, gave to the Rangers was kind of like, you know, life shattering for them. You know, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to put together my words right now off the top of my head because this is all still, you know, fresh and new. I mean, it, it's not every day where uh, a player like Tony D'Angelo, who, you know, was such an offensive prowess last year, starts the season off the first, what, seven games has one point. Uh, you know, Mika Zibanejad starting off the season. He, you know, he's got two points and, you know, Kreider has three goals, zero assists. It's, you know, look at Strom. You take away the last two games. He did absolutely nothing. Um, you know, Panarin's five on five play uh, in the beginning of the season, you know, was not very good. Uh, he picked it up as of late the last two games with him and Strom, thankfully. Otherwise, we, you know, we would have been probably blown out of those games. Um, you know, our, our bottom six has honestly kind of carried us through these games sometimes. and. Uh, our goaltending has been suspect where we, you and I, even going into the season, thought uh, goaltending would be our <laughs> one of our strong suits. Uh, we look at our yeah. defense, we look at our defensemen and honestly, uh, besides Fox and and Keandre Miller minus his first game, those are the only two guys that I actually fully trust game in and game out to bring a consistent game. Truba, who's supposed to be a leader on our team, has been absolutely uh, the definition of inconsistency. Uh, Brendan Smith uh, is in and out of the lineup. Uh, he again, he brings an element to the game, but you know our our de- a defense should not be defined by Ryan Lindgren and and Brendan Smith and whether or not they're they're physical or you know that's not who our identity is. So you know right now, I honestly think you know we're not a defensive trap system team where we know we can't you know keep up with the the high powered offense, so we got to slow them down. We don't do any of that. No, you know, I, I mean, look, I'm looking at our system system wise, I told you, I mean, all Quinn has ever said is, you know, he wants to be aggressive on the puck. And that's honestly the only thing that I've really, you know, have seen out of him in terms of a system. Uh, you know, I, again, 
there's so many questions here. I don't even know. It's, I'm so overwhelmed, Andy, today. It's like yeah. there's almost <laughs> too much uh, hitting my senses that I'm getting a sensory overload no. here. So watching them lose last night again, mm-hmm. I was trying to think, well, what is this team? Like, what is this Rangers team? If I have to like, you know, you bring your car to the shop, they open the hood up and they, they have that little machine and they can plug it in and it kind of gives you a diagnostic. Like, what is the New York Rangers really? Especially, and what, like, what did I think they were previously and what am I realizing they are now? And I think for me, I'm now realizing, I, and I think most people understood for the most part, with Meek and Panarin having the seasons they have, they definitely overachieved last year, but they were lucky enough because they had good goaltending. Even if Heinrich Lundqvist wasn't playing, his presence was there. So there was some semblance of unifying. Uh, yeah, there was a unifying presence in the locker room. So that kind of helped. And I think we're realizing now what I had mentioned earlier, this is a very talented team. And you can even see that they're out shooting their opponents most nights. Although last night they really got away from their game, especially in the third period. And they were outshot for the first time. Uh, yeah, I think this season, as opposed to that first game, but where it was just a, a nightmare. And I just think we're realizing that this is clearly a young and talented team that lacks, unfortunately, lacks those insulating pillars that other teams have. That the fact that the Washington Capitals cannot have Ovechkin and Kuznetsov and Dmitry Orlov and some, you know, three of their best players. You know, the Rangers are missing. Colin Blackwell goes down, and the Rangers are all of a sudden a mess. You know, Heedle's gone, and and they're and they're and they're in death spirals, and they can't play. Uh, they don't know how to step in and play hot, like you know, or what they're supposed to do. So then you have to shake up the roster, and I think that's the reality of what they are. That the Rangers, I just think this organization, at least for this time, is you know they put a premium on getting these guys with these young kids with these talent, which is amazing, and it's great that we have them. But at the same time, it's like the role models in front of them, you know, yes, Panera's finally turned it on, but at the same time, it's like between what you're, you know, why is, why is it took K Andre Miller instantly becoming our second best defenseman, you know, maybe at times our best defenseman, uh, to, to keep our $8 million defenseman, Jacob, right-hand defenseman, Jacob Truba, like to keep him steady. You know what I mean? Like that shouldn't, that should not be the case. And it's just, it's just, you know, like that throughout the lineup, like Ryan Strom is supposed to be, you kind of need that guy. Like, don't worry. Like Strom is our, our, behind Mika is our next forward. It's like, you're not counting on, even though I think we now at this point would like to see Heedle in that spot, probably when he gets back, if he's finally ready. But at the same point, there has to be more insulation and just like you said, more leaders and more structure and a system that like these players know if I'm in trouble and I can't fancy play or hero play the puck to my teammate. I have to know where I can dump it, where my teammate should be. And I just think, yeah, I think it's the, the, the Rangers kind of try to have their cake and eat it too. I think it's a little too much fancy hero play stuff. And, you know, it, when it's working, it's great, but it's not clearly when they have breakdowns, they don't know how to recover or they can't hold, they can't hold on to leads. They, they lose their focus in the first, at the start of periods and at the end of periods. And it's just, I don't know. It's it's just it's one of those things that's like, despite the fact that their analytics have been trending in the right direction, which is good. I think they have played better defensively. But if you can't defend in the fight when you're trying to hold on to a lead or in the final minute and thirty seconds when a team is pushing at the end of a period, then when does it matter? You know, it's like it's they. I obviously you don't want to overreact and then jettison skill for like guys that have good reputations and you might get, end up with like a Jack Johnson. But there is a middle ground, like this team doesn't have enough two way forwards on it. Like you have, they have bottom six forwards, but like they, they, I think the New York Rangers could clearly use a Dano type or just a, or I don't know, maybe, maybe he's a little passive prime now, but a Benino or just a, just a guy whose job is to settle down your middle six. And if you're worried, you can put him with your third line, especially if you have kids on it and he can just make sure they don't get scored on, you know, yes, for fast, obviously. And clearly, you know, every coach in the league wants a player like him and losing him hurts, you know, almost as much as losing Henrik Lundqvist, I think, because without him there, you can see it's kind of, you know, it's, yeah, it's just, I just don't think things they, the things there's, there were some Rangers haven't had to think about before, especially the young ones and hell, even some of the older ones are now like, oh, that's something quick used to do. And now I have to worry about that and I don't know what to do. And yeah, it's just, I think it's just, it's a whole slew of things, but I think at the end of the day, it's a lack of structure. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it starts from, you know, the top and, and trickles its way to the bottom. And we, we can't expect K. Andre Miller now to be the leader of our, you know, defensemen and, and kind of, you know, keep the guys together after, you know, a tough game. And, and we can't expect, you know, Kako or Heedle or, or Blackwell to kind of, you know, take a hold of the forwards, you know, if they're not playing well. And, you know, I think that's that and, th- and that right there, the lack of leadership shows exactly how a fight breaks out in the hallway. And the fact that, you know, it became public news and it immediately resulted in a, um, you know, putting Tony D'Angelo on waivers just shows you that this there's no there's no um, there's no, re, you know, uh, there's no remedy within the actual team. Like, you know, it, it's one thing if two guys are not getting along in the locker room, you know, the captains kind of get, you know, get together and, you know, you talk about it privately in a you know players only meeting. We haven't heard that the Rangers had have had you know a players only meeting. If this was Henrik Lundqvist, I feel like he's done that before. He's you know spoken to the guys and and you know spoken about you know the frustrations that they might feeling after a slow start. Um, we don't have that. We haven't even heard of anybody even trying to make an attempt to to talk out you know the situation uh, the situation that the Rangers are currently facing. And but Andy, I wanted to ask you a question. You know, right now, sure. give me the top four teams that you think are in the National Hockey League. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think Tampa's a top team. I think Dallas looks like they could go right back to the the Stanley Cup, especially with the, you know the way they're Pavelski and those guys are performing, even with like you know the absence of a Tyler Sagan or a Jamie Ben. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I mean, the Bruins still, despite, I mean, why, you know, it's tough because there's teams that look good right now, but does that necessarily mean they're good? Um, I'll there's go, no, there's yeah, no, sorry. Also, I'll, there's no wrong, an- no, there's no, no wrong answer in this. Yeah. I mean, honestly, at this point in time, I'll say Colorado, I'll say, uh, Tampa, I will say, the Boston Bruins and the Washington Capitals. Those are my top okay. teams. Okay. So the Washington Capitals, right? You just sign, you walk into the locker room, you're a kid. Who, who's the one guy you're, you know, you're getting dressed. The, the game's about to start. Who's the one guy you're keeping an eye on to shut your mouth, you know, when he's, you know, stands up and gets ready to talk. Like who, who's that guy? Ovi, exactly. Now or or hell even even Nick ba- I'd count Nick Backstrom to, to do that if he had to as well right and now okay. Char is in that locker room too and, right so you have three guys who I would I would openly trust to at least say something or say this is what we got to do all right and Boston Bruins uh, Patrice Bergeron yeah. has been the, you know he's even though he was assistant to Char for so long you know he's always just reeked of that and he's always yeah you know he's a natural leader so. Hell, I'd even say Marchant. We don't like him, but he's been there a long time. I think at some point, you know, he would he wouldn't definitely wouldn't be afraid to say something that uh, his teammates wouldn't like to hear. And the Colorado Avalanche, uh, Gabe Landeskog, you know, youngest captain. I think at the time he was the youngest captain in NHL history, right? Yeah. And he's been their captain for how long? And you know, even uh, you know, even. I don't know what McKinnon is much like as a leader. I just don't think he has to worry about it because he's got Landeskog there. But at the same time, you know, I think uh, either of those guys, you know, especially because McKinnon produces no matter what. And he can just when he says, like, we can get out of this, you kind of want to follow him because, you know, he's got the skill to do it. Right. Right. And it's just like you look at all these teams that, you know, that are having success right now. And there's there's the player where the rest of the locker room could hitch their wagon to and say, you know what? I I'm not. I know I'm not playing that well, but I believe in what this guy is is saying. I believe in his leadership. I believe in his you know his play, and you know I I might not this I might not like what the coaches uh, have done with you know me personally, but there's a guy here that's my leader, and you know I'm gonna you know go to war with him every single night because you know I believe in him, I respect him, and I trust him, and you know. The Rangers, they don't have that. I mean, they flat out just don't have that. And, you know, I would argue that, you know, there are even teams with, a, a, you know, a loser, like a losing team that still actually have those guys that where you don't see, you know, the Detroit Red Wings last year, you know, I, you know, for a team that bad, there were, 
yeah, I didn't hear about people fighting in the locker room. You know what I mean? And, and talk about an organization that like, you know, was kind of, was historically bad. And you didn't hear about players fighting each other or stuff like that. Like, why is this happening to the New York Rangers? And I believe you said Dallas was the fourth team. I mean, come on, Joe Pavelski. Yeah. When that guy is standing up in the, you know, and Ben, you know, when those guys are, you know, stand up in the locker room, you shut your mouth, you sit down and, and you, and you, you know, you give them your undivided attention. Yeah. Honestly, it's, you know, it should be one of those things where there should be, you know, it's, it, it should be something that if, even if D'Angelo felt he had a chance to clear and there was a miscue with Georgiev that I know, you know, like it has to be a point where your players know that if I even attempt to put this on a teammate, like, and in the locker room that I am immediately going to get, you know, a, a heap amount of shit from the, whoever the captain is or the leadership in the locker room. And if you just feel like you can do that without reproach or pause or, or without ramifications, then yeah, like this is what happens, you know? So, I mean, I think it's one of those things that it's, listen, it's difficult to, especially when you're trying to rebuild and get talent, like to, do you put a premium on the, like how much like stock do you put into like the talent you need to acquire or also like the pillars of leadership in the room? Uh, it's a balancing act for sure, but I do think the Rangers, like most of their focus has been on getting young, talented players, which is great. But at the same time, I think they've maybe over, you know, they, there's a bit of, and listen, I'm not saying the Rangers have to be the best team in the, in this division. It's just, they're clearly too, they're clearly too talented to be in last place. And you can say what you want about Shesterkin and Georgiev not being good. And listen, I, I also think just Igor should have played that game. I don't, I think just in general, I think Igor, I think uh, Georgiev is better when he's hungrier and when he's trying to push. I think Igor was finally got, you know, had his win and he can at least string some confidence together and he doesn't play the next game. That doesn't make any sense to me. And I think, you know, Rangers fans were upset about it. And as I think they rightly should be, I think that was a bad decision by Quinn. Like, even if you had a plan, you're the coach, you can change it up. Like you, you like making other adjustments, but you can't adjust that. Well, can I interrupt you real quick? If anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So again, yeah, again, a, a perfect example of, well, you know, we can't even rely on our coach because remember when uh, Georgie had a big win against the New York Islanders and blanked them? He went right to Georgie, you know, the next game. It's like, and we finally get our second win of the season. We're feeling a little bit, you know, we're feeling good about ourselves. We have Lafreniere scoring the overtime game winning goal, which what is what we should be really talking about today. Um, yeah. And, and we, we haven't even talked <laughs> oh, yeah, about it. You know, they're our number one overall pick, you know, scored a game winning goal in overtime. And then the next game we're, you know, putting guys on waivers, people are fighting and, you know, but again, you're, you're perfectly right, Andy, that, you know, why is Quinn not playing Shisirkin after Shisirkin got a win? I mean, it wasn't the, the most graceful win, you know, that a goalie has ever gotten, but shit, it's two points. You won a hockey game. That's tough to do in the NHL. Like you, you ride, you ride kind of those highs and you just don't. I just don't get it, man. I really don't. I, I don't understand what this team is. <sighs> yeah, man. I. It's just like you said, I think this, this Rangers team has a lot of question marks still, which is a shame. You know, luckily, talent is always the ability to have a, you know, at least the ability of the team to. Yeah, their raw talent is not a question, obviously, now, you know, especially with the emergence of K. Andre Miller. Because you can understand that as if they can run a a one two in any combination of Keandre and Fox heavily once they are in a few years when they are both in their prime, and you have Kako and Lafreniere and you know it's eventually Vitaly Kravtsov and Hedl. Like yeah, it's they're definitely not going to lack for talent. But I just think unfortunately, just bringing in. Uh, AHL washouts and and listen, I'm very happy for the way Colin Blackwell has played. It's just, he's they just announced he's going to miss seven to ten days, which is a week, which sucks, but at least he'll be back. You know, Heedle's out for a while now. It's just they don't you don't have those guys where it's just like no matter what we look like or what happens or if something unpredictable happens, it's fine. Those guys have been there before and they can handle it, and that makes everyone more comfortable. And I just think this Rangers team clearly lacks confidence. It's great when they're going well, but when they're playing to their ability, 
and they're if they have the puck all period and they can't score and then the a team you know they're whoever they're p- playing pots a lucky one it deflates them or gets a shorthanded goal and they just mentally crumble and i think that's a lack of having confidence in the room i think it's a lack of having those guys where it's like well don't worry this guy will step up or you know or we can bear down or just having that comfortability and it's yeah you know it's a shame i think it's that honestly i think it's where they're at at this point and they that's what they need to start investing in i think now it's we're gonna it's almost like the honeymoon phase is over you have all these these pieces at and yeah you don't have to be in the playoffs tomorrow but you have to at least be competitive and you have to if if a game is winning you have to win winnable games you know what i mean and they're clearly not they shouldn't it'd be one thing if they were just getting out possessed and it's like all right they're too young they're just not there yet that's fine but you can't be dominating games for the most part and just still keep losing like because you can't either you don't know what the structure is or you lose focus or confidence or whatever and yeah and well, you know it's i think we're definitely in the fat trimming phase uh <laughs> of this of this Rangers rebuild now i think they're going to realize which guys have they had right especially with an expansion draft looming you know which guys do we have rated too highly which guys do we you know you, you if you they the rangers clearly had a lot of stop gaps and they were just hoping but if you if you yeah they almost kind of willed it into existence if you if your team is filled with stop gaps it's you know especially in your t- you know the, the stroms and you know you think uh hoping Kreider can remain a productive player for seven plus years and Truba. And I just, I don't know, man, like it's just they're They have to start forming, you know, unless you're, you're waiting until uh, Kako and Lafreniere are 25 years old. If you want to get something done while Panarin is still here and productive in the next few seasons, then you are definitely going to have to make sure you have yeah, I think the guys you bring in that are 25, they can't just be your your Roonies and your bottom six guys who don't make a who don't have an outsized presence. You know what I'm saying? And now the starting lineup for your Blue Notes podcast: Tom Franklin and the man called Wags. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes. I am one half of your Blue Notes team, Tom Franklin, joined by my teammates, the man called Wags. And we are your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. And that includes expert analysis, whether it's at Enterprise Center. When you're fighting for spots for the playoffs, one or two points could make the difference. And we'll be looking back at games like tonight here at Enterprise Center as lost opportunities. Or at home. Penalties, that was a big, big piece. You know, you're wearing down some of your best players because they're out on the, the ice for so many penalty kill opportunities. Just a complete breakdown. Blues first round pick, Jake Neighbors. Brayden Chan texted me and then uh, the head coach, Craig Rube, reached out as well. And um, Ryan O'Reilly as well. And then um, the next day on day three of the draft, uh, Tarasenko FaceTimed me. So uh, that was pretty cool. So. <laughs> and we're the only hockey podcast in the Hockey Podcast Network to have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent. The Hawaii Blues fan, Guy Bensing. In true Dan Kelly fashion, Dan Kelly says, F you, Keaton. I know who's the starting pitcher for game four of the World Series. You damn well know who the starting goalie is for game four of the NHL season. And then walked away. And we have a musician, too. Not only is he responsible for this fat beat you're listening to right now, but he has also performed absolute works of art. And it seems to me you played the game with a candle to your rear. Never wanting to leave the ice when the pain set in. So check out Blue Notes wherever you get your podcast from. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump. Listen to Blue Notes and always play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. Yeah, and I and you know, you look at the team from last year and you look at them from this year, and it's like on paper, yeah, I think we might have gotten better, but um, you know, you can't say you know, maybe the Rangers should have kept Lundqvist because Lundqvist wouldn't be on our roster anyway. 
Um, you know, you look at the other players, you know, the bigger names that left and yeah, I hate to say it, but you know, maybe the Rangers really did need, you know, Jesper Foss, the guy who was, you know, maybe not a vocal leader on the team, but he had an A on his Jersey last year. And, you know, he always brought his, you know, best game every single night. He was a reliable guy. He kind of gave, um, a sense of stability to our lineup, uh, and you can plug him in anywhere and he would have, you know, played that role, you know, to, to a T. And then you look at, you know, Mark Stahl and you say like, do the Rangers have, have a true leader back on, on the defensive side of the game? And, um, you know, in the locker room, like on the bench, you know, who, who is the, the guy that's going to step up, especially on the defensive side? Because, you know, I don't think Truba is really that guy, you know, there's, there's gotta be a guy that's going to be able to handle the New York media who can, you know, pull, you know, uh, Keandre who can pull Fox over to the side and say, you know, like, stay away from that guy. You know, he's just gonna, you know, you know, he's not, you know, the best, uh, you know, guy to be talking to in terms of like the media, you know, I'm sure there's little tips and things that, you know, Stahl learned, you know, throughout his time here of, you know, that these guys could really benefit from. And, you know, Truba hasn't been here long enough to, to pick up on those things. And God, it's just like, if you, if you have, uh, Jack Johnson, you might as well have just kept, you know, Mark Stahl. I, I just, I feel like he would have brought a, a bigger X factor to that locker room presence. And, you know, what are your thoughts on that? You know, kind of before we wrap up here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think even I'm a little guilty of it because in the past I was, op- I was like, Oh man, like, I don't care if he's a leader, you have to get rid of this guy. And I think I'm kind of eating crow a little bit. Like, there's something to be said about sometimes you look at these teams that they look like on paper, at least from a skill perspective, they should be worse, but they're better. You know, the Islanders have are one of the older teams in the league. They've been there before. Maybe they lack. Yes. I, and granted, they're only what one or two, uh, one point in front of us right now. But you even look at what they were able to accomplish last year and that. Yeah, there's something to be said when you have guys in the room that have been there before have the confidence and have no problem being in that role. It kind of makes the kids feel better, especially you don't want to, you look at, you know, some of the other teams in this position, like the Rangers, like Ottawa, who have had some struggles recently. I think, you know, it's nice. They have a Derek, they bring in a Derek step on and that's great. But at the same time, it's just, they, they're kind of almost as, as adrift as we are, you know, like, and yeah, I just think for the neck, the, the Rangers as much, priority is they've put on acquiring uh, premium talent and homegrown assets that will one day be the offensive leaders of this team. Hell, even maybe a leader in Miller or Lafreniere's case, because I could see both those guys, any combination of the two of them having a C and an A, right? And it may, maybe even Fox to a lesser extent, because he's a m- little bit more soft-spoken. But I think it really does help to have these guys that even if they aren't the best player, like a Brian Boyle or or just a guy who commands respect or says, this is how we're going to do it no matter what, you know? And I think it's easier when you have the blanket of a Jesper Faust who was with the Rangers, you know, who kind of emerged into that player because he was like one of the last holdouts from their cup run with Kreider, you know, or Mark Stahl who had been there for forever or Lundqvist who, even if they were phasing out the relationship, he was still there. He wasn't playing, but he was, you know, it's his locker room, no matter if he got 13. Yeah, exactly. Even if he he didn't have, you know, if he didn't play a lick last year and he was just there, it's still his locker room. So, because of just who he is and yeah, they're, I think they're clearly contending with the, the lack of that absence. And I'd say the guys that were most likely getting looked at to step into that, you know, they're kind of failing, you know. I mean, listen, Panarin. Uh, I, it looks like he's finally got back on track, and I think he's just such a good player, and that's great. But I just don't know if he's the type of guy, you know. He's not Ovechkin. He's not Crosby. He's. Uh, I don't know what he's like behind closed doors. It was nice to see him, you know, when he was the first person to run off the bench and give Fox a. I mean, excuse me, uh, to give Lafreniere a hug when he scored the OT in his first first goal, and I love that. That's great. But, you know, he also kind of came in as a free agent where there's already guys there that should have have been there longer and should kind of be in that spot already. So it's kind of a weird position for him. You know what I mean? So I just think there's a lot of guys looking around saying like, oh, it's kind of we'll all do it together. Whereas, you know, I think this team really just needs one guy. You can look to that guy. And if you can't look to him, you can look to his lieutenants. And I just think that's what they kind of need. And I, I think I was very I am very much guilty of maybe not understanding how important that was but that's kind of what it, I, that's kind of how it seems to me right now i could have it totally wrong i could have the wrong pulse in the locker room and 
But I just think everything that's happened, uh, you know, and I'll say even D'Angelo to despite his track record and maybe what the organization has known about him, what they were getting when they, they invested in him. The fact, yeah, I just think if there was better, I, yeah, I think if there was, I don't know. Cause there, like I said, I think if there was just more structure, both on the ice and in that locker room, maybe even more so in that locker room. some or it's, even if it's just someone to say when Quinn is being weird with you, just to be like, listen, kid, I'll either talk to him or just be like, listen, I know he's doing that, but this is just, this happened to me when I was a rookie. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You need those guys instead of just kind of everyone kind of shrugging their shoulders and being like, well, we got to figure this out here. And you know, uh, it's up to us all together to no, like, screw that. You need a guy who'll put it on himself or say, I haven't pulled my weight and that's on me. And I, it starts. And if we all have to do that, that's what we all have to do. And yeah, they clearly need that. Cause right now for as exciting, I want, <laughs> I wanted to talk about Lafreniere's OT goal today and be happy, but I'm not because yet this organization is in a, having an identity crisis. And, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not instilling much confidence for the rest of the season in me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, looking at, you know, the rest of our, you know, schedule and, 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 you know, our division, you really see, you know, the Washington Capitals blossoming, the Philadelphia Flyers, you know, you know, despite their, you know, their concerns of, you know, guys on the offensive side of the puck, they're still six and two. Uh, the Boston Bruins are, you know, obviously going to be humming along. They got Poster knocked back. They're, you know, obviously going to be one of the best teams in the league. Pittsburgh Penguins are just going to be that team that just won't give up. They can next man up situation, sort of like the Patriots, where, you know, despite looking at their roster, then they seem to be just doing just fine, despite some of the issues that they may have. Uh, they find ways to get points. And then, you know, uh, you know, and I think that, you know, the rest of the teams are going to struggle. Maybe the big bad four of the East are just going to run away with it and really not have an issue being the, you know, the top four teams in the future. Uh, you know, mass mutual East, you know, playoff bound teams. You know, I think we've spoken enough about this team and the losing culture that we find ourselves in and the coaching and the leadership and, you know, the lack of there being a captain and or just that locker room presence like a Henrik Lundqvist, you know, but right now we, you know, there's not much we can do as fans other than, you know, patiently wait and see what uh, what comes out in terms of the details of what happened after last night's game against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. But, you know, as we sit and wait, there is one thing that I think I I can do for the New York Rangers, and I'm not going to reveal what that is, but it involves both me, Andy and I. Uh, as we kind of, uh, you know, have to will this team to get on the right track again. So again, follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. We live tweet pretty much every game, so we'd love to interact with you if you uh, find yourself on Twitter during the Rangers game. And, you know, again, don't get frustrated here. Uh, we're all in this together as fans, and, uh, you know, hopefully things, you know, get better and, you know, a captain emerges from all this chaos and hopefully that fearless leader will then lead this new york rangers team back to the playoffs and hopefully to a stanley cup final that's all we can hope for in terms of a big picture for the new york rangers right now so all right we'll talk to you again on thursday thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at broadway boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify soundcloud or the hockeypodcastnetwork.com you're listening to the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockeypodnet new episodes every monday and thursday download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from